It is Easter Sunday, and it is a time for children this morning. So all our kids who are here this morning, I want to invite you forward for our time together this morning. Good morning, and happy Easter. I am glad you are here this morning. Come on up. Ah. I'm so glad you are in worship with us today, this Sunday. Every Sunday we celebrate a little Easter, but this Sunday in particular, it's Easter Sunday, and we celebrate the story of Jesus. And I brought something with me to help us remember that story of Jesus. You know the story. We celebrated the baby that was born at Christmas. We celebrated the boy that grew into a man, and he taught, and he told parables, and he healed people. He did good work. He showed us how to love God. He showed us God's love. And so today, I brought with me a heart. It's a gift. It's a gift that God gave to us. The gift of God's love. But you know, before we got to Easter, there was a sad part of the story. It doesn't stay sad, but it, it was very sad. Because there were people who didn't understand that love that Jesus was sharing with us. They didn't understand what it was that Jesus was doing. In fact, They wanted to get rid of it. They wanted him to be gone. And so, a very sad thing happened. They put Jesus in a tomb. They thought if he died and they put him in a tomb, that it would be gone forever but you know the rest of the story don't you on the third day early in the morning they went to the tomb and it looked like it was empty it was gone and they thought where where's jesus i thought we shut him up in that tomb and that he was gone but he wasn't You know what was there? You know what was there? So much love. So much love. Jesus was there. Here, can you pass them around? I think everybody needs a heart. Jesus was alive and was with them and is with us. Oh, make sure everybody gets a heart. They thought they could stop God's love, but they couldn't do it. God's love is just too big. They couldn't stop God's love. There is nothing we can do to make God stop loving us. Nothing. But you know what? As I'm looking around, as big as this love is that we have, it's bigger than this. It's bigger than this. Now, congregation, a lot of times I get the kids to help tell the children's time. But today, you're going to need to help, all right? So, does anybody 
know a verse in our Bible about love. Has anybody heard one before? Who's heard one about love? Tell me about it. Go ahead. Tell me about the verse about love. Uh huh. <gasps> the fruits of the spirit. That's my boy. All right. Balcony, you got a job. I want you to find your Bible there, your pew Bible up there, and open it to the fruits of the spirit. It's Galatians 5:22. It's at about page 191. See if you can find it. Okay, we need another verse. We need another verse. Uh, has any? Yes. John 3:16. For God so loved the world. Okay, this section of the sanctuary right here. I want you to get your pew Bibles and open it to John 3:16 in your pew Bible. Okay. All right. We got another one. <gasps> Jeremiah 29:11 for surely I know the plans I have for you says the Lord. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, we got more? What? What? Be still and know that I am God. You'll know a lot about love. Um, let's see. How about love the Lord your God? We can go way back to the Old Testament with that one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your soul, with all your might. Okay, over here by the windows. Can y'all look up Deuteronomy 6, 5 in the Old Testament? Okay? And then Jesus, when he was older, he quoted that. He told us about the Old Testament. And it's in Luke chapter 10, 27. So this section right here. I want you to look up Luke 10, 27 in your pew Bible, all right? Has anybody ever been to a wedding and heard him talk about love? Love is patient. Love is kind. 1 Corinthians 13. Okay, I didn't leave you all out over here by the windows. 1 Corinthians 13 in your pew Bible in the New Testament. See if you can find it there. Choir. We got a psalm for you because you love to sing about love. Psalm 136. His steadfast love endures forever. You know, kind of like Jesus, some people might think that this book is not alive. But I can tell you, it's alive and it is full of God's love. Congregation, can you show them what you found? Can you, all the way up, hold them high up so they can see them. Higher, higher. Look out how big that love is. Oh my goodness, look at that love. Oh, look at all that love. And that's not just, that's not even all of it. You know, we sing about love too. Jesus loves me, this I know. 191, if you want to look it up. Let's see, what else do we sing? Oh, I think I left it. Love divine, all love's excelling. Look it up. It's out there. The gift of love, 308. Look it up out there. There's love for you too, big kids. God's love is so big. And on Easter, God showed us once and for all that there is nothing, nothing we can do to stop God's love. Nothing we can do to keep God from loving us. God's love is that big. And so we say, Alleluia. Alleluia. Amen. Let us pray and give thanks this morning. As we say, dear God, your love is so big. Your love is so great. For me, for all your children. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Happy Easter, boys and girls.
Thank you so much, Pastor Caroline. That was the word, was it not? And we are going to continue seeking God's word as we hear the version of the resurrection in John's gospel. We are beginning to read in chapter 20, verse 1. Listen for the word of God. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the, foot, at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O God, our rock and redeemer. Amen. It's very interesting um, being a preacher, planning a sermon for Easter Sunday and planning that sermon during Holy Week. Living the narrative, the narrative of Holy Week about Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, the Last Supper, his arrest, his crucifixion. And it really 
connects all of the elements of the story together, the story of resurrection that we are considering this morning. We saw a wonderful, wonderful dramatization of the approach to the tomb this morning. The women, their grief, their confusion, their sadness, and then their fear upon receiving the word that Jesus indeed had been raised from the dead. And we here this morning have entered this place, this Easter Sunday morning. Maybe some of us have had chocolate Easter eggs for breakfast. Who knows? But we come into this place with joys, with concerns, with pain, some of us with sadness, some of us with grief. And entering into this space this morning coming from wherever we are coming from in our lives, connects us to the story that we saw and the story that we heard. It is our point of connection. So what about this resurrection thing? It's very difficult to get our minds around it, because the way the scriptures speak of the resurrected Christ is in and of itself confusing. Scripture makes it very clear we're not talking about a resuscitated corpse, nor are we talking about a shiny, brand new human being who has emerged from some mold (laughs) with no Wounds, no scars, no life experience. And John's Gospel, later on in chapter 20, tells us that the resurrected Christ bears the marks of his experience. And indeed, the community that became the church was born out of trauma and of pain and grief and violence, not just the trauma of being in the Roman Empire, but the violence and the trauma that they witnessed happening to the one they called Lord and Savior. Our community bears the marks of the crucified and resurrected Lord. The Apostle Paul in his letters, talks about those who follow Christ bear within their own beings the marks of the crucified Lord and that we proclaim Christ and Christ crucified. It's a bit different image from some of the images that are offered in our glorious Easter hymns. And as I said at the early service to Kitty, yep, when we sing Christ the Lord is risen today, I want to sing all six verses. The language of triumph, of victory, is somehow out of sync with the story of the women at the tomb and the resurrected Christ that they encounter. 
I'd like to suggest that when we approach the resurrected Christ, that there's something else that we can lie or lay alongside the notion of victory and triumph. And that is love that abides, that remains in spite of violence and trauma and suffering. Jesus, he says Mary's name, and she struggles with recognition, and then she sees that it is her teacher. And he bears the wounds of his suffering on him. And yet, in the midst of that, he exhibits divine love that remains and abides in spite of everything life can throw at us. We often like to skip to victory and triumph to keep us from going through the bad stuff. But my friends, love that remains and abides with us through the resurrected Christ can surmount any of that suffering and can be with us in our times of fear and confusion. Pastor Caroline talked about love. The empty tomb that spilled forth love beyond all measure. It's a holy mystery. At the end of the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul talks about our limited vision, our limited understanding of God's holy mystery in love. He describes it as seeing through a mirror dimly. But he also says that with our partial understanding that we have been fully understood and fully known by divine love as it comes to us in the resurrected Christ. And that there are three things that remain that abide with us. Faith, hope, love. And that the greatest of these is love. My friends, the resurrected Christ brings to us love amazing and love divine beyond all imagining. The Lord is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.